What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Pearl, but the regular season is over. It's in the books. Wednesday's episode, we're going to be doing the Fantasy Rewatchables. We're going to be recapping the entire season in the style of the Rewatchables, one of the best podcasts we have here at the Ringer, which Craig produces. That's one of the most fun podcasts we do all year, so that'll be out Wednesday. Today, we're going over everything Week 18, everything we didn't get to hit last week, and wow, um, a lot of things have happened. Very strange week. I will first start off by saying, sorry, I was not around last week. I got COVID, and so I was just down for the count for a few days there, and that affected our schedule. So apologies for that. Uh, apology not accepted. Yeah. It's, I, <laughs> okay. As we have learned, it's it's your fault for getting sick. Mm. That's been yeah. like, you know, a big theme. So, Dick, I'm glad you're feeling better now. Um, that's what happens Thank when you. we get you on the finest ivermectin that money can buy. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm glad you're feeling better. But um, yeah, now we can finally talk about a legitimately like unprecedented ending to this fantasy season. So obviously right. we haven't done a show since because the Bills Bengal game was canceled, and then obviously the Marcy Ham- Hamlin situation threw everything for loop. And then by the time he got better, DK got sick. But we can talk right. about this now. You know, at this point, everyone knows the deal. You know, obviously he's doing much, much better now, which is important. And obviously yeah. Mar Hamlin's Thank health God. is like yeah, obviously Seriously. it's the most important thing. It seems like we are approaching on the range of outcomes here. Like we're teetering right toward like the best possible yeah. outcome here, yeah. which is incredible. Not to mention, like, so many great things happened around his recovery. Obviously, his his toy charity went through the roof. He had, like, a $2,000, uh, you know, that was his goal, and he ended up making, what, $7, 8000000 million on that? Yeah, yeah. The first play of the Bills game, the the, the Naheem Hines kick return for a touchdown at Buffalo was incredible. So it's been really great to see everything, his recovery as well. What as a freaking moment that was. Holy yeah. cow. It was amazing. I'm not going to lie. I, I Last week, I was telling you that I've had like two or three very small moments in my life that made me like believe in God. And like, I'm not going to lie. That was like my first <laughs> right. thought after Naheem Hines ran this. And I'm not. I said the same like, thing, Hype. It's when it happened, I turned around to Liz and I was like, you know, this is the type of shit that makes me be like, there's something going on. Dude, we're living what in are you a up simulation. To? <laughs> what, what are you up to, to universe? <laughs> no, but really, you know, there have been four, because also kickoff return, 
Uh, my voice cracked. It's okay. It's emotional. They don't have any touchdowns. There only had been four kickoff return touchdowns all year. And then they just, the Bills just go and do it on the opening kickoff. That was, yeah. and then they had two in the game. You got there another four one. Entering the season. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. I had Josh yeah. Allen, we can get into this, but I had Josh Allen and Diggs in the, in a championship because we were using 18, week 18 points for week 17. And the first one was like, this is nice. And the second one was like, this is still nice, but man. Really wish that Josh Need Allen more would get the ball right. after a touchback. I was the only person in the world not happy about that. Play. I was going up against Naheem Hines. I was banking on like one <laughs> or zero points, and he gets two freaking touchdowns. Oh my <laughs> god! Made me sweat. So, everyone in the world's like, "Wow, like God is real." And DK's like, "Who was god starting Naheem Hines like, in their you. delayed championship matchup?" <laughs> it's insane. a it's a league where we have thirteen starters, so it, it's. You know, very deep rosters or whatever. Uh, so, yeah. Is there a better like that. argument that fantasy football is trash and it ruins football than DK not being happy about the name? <laughs> <laughs> no, truth be told, I actually did not real. I, I forgot that Heinz was playing. And so I was super excited. And then I saw it. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I was initially oh very God. excited. Actual proof that I, I've been rewatching Game of Thrones too. And it feels like some one of the moments where they're like, nope, nope, there is a God. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, let's keep... But we should get a memento tattoo for that for last season. That should be our last memento tattoo. It's like, God is real. That should be... <laughs> don't, don't forget that. he that. hates you? But, but, but what if he hates you? I mean... He or even, she. Even more important to keep that in mind. He or she. She yes. will smite What if you. she hates you? Arguably even more important to know that God's real if God hates you. Okay, anyway, I don't know how we're going to do this. Anyway, so uh, all that's to say <laughs> that obviously real life is important and fantasy football is not important. Having said that, once it became clear that DeMar Hamlin was okay, improving, and then the right. games were happening, it was like, okay, everyone in their fantasy football league is like, we got to figure out what we're doing here. So we're in a league where I think a lot of people ended up, because also this kept changing a lot, right? Where it's, you know, there was, where the game's going to be played? What are the a- outcomes? What are the motivations? for? Are they going to change week 18? Yeah. We're in a league where we just had the Bills and Bengals players, their scores counted back to week 17. What did you guys, what were your leagues like? What did you guys end up doing? I apologize to everyone who, we wish we could have come to you earlier in the week, last week, but like, what did you guys end up doing in your leagues? Honestly, like part of the reason I don't even think we would have helped last week anyway is there's, every league to me is very unique in terms of how they dealt with this. I'm in a bunch of leagues, as you guys know, and like no one league did the same thing. Like everybody did something different. I swear yeah, to D- God. Imagine DK had 22 group chats going <laughs> trying to figure this out. I wouldn't even imagine. Just chaos. Um, I, Wait, I did you actually believe... have 22 group chats? That just no, occurred no, no, no. to me. 22 I, it didn't, group it chats. didn't affect, it didn't affect every league, but like part, part of the reason I think it's almost like giving start sit advice. Every league is different because every league has a different dynamic with what's going on with the championships and how they deal with this type of thing. There were some leagues where the the person who was leading going into that Monday night game was so far ahead, basically the loser just conceded and said, I was never going to catch, you know, so-and-so anyway. So I'm conceding and I lose and therefore he's the champion. There's a lot of leagues, and I did this in several different leagues where we just decided to split the pot. Um, and there's different ways to do that. You can do it 50-50. You could do it based on the probabilities of, of projections. Um, that was one of the solutions people use. And then obviously you guys, like you guys did, you pushed it into week 18. I think that was another pretty common one. I do feel that in most cases, pushing the Bengals, Bills players to week 18 and retroactively using their points to add to your week 17 score makes the most sense. And I, I, it was honestly a little shocking at times, especially in certain leagues I was in, to, to see people pushing <laughs> against that. It's, it's clearly the most logical solution in my mind. And, uh, 
honestly, there was a lot of like stop the vote people. A lot of a lot of people <laughs> winning when that Bills Bengals game stop got canceled. The and they were like, hey, we don't need to add Josh Allen and Joe Burrow scores next week. Like, hey, shit happens. Let's let's call it now. And uh, I did not stand for that. Justice eventually prevailed, but that was Craig. To be honest with you, a lot of my leagues just did that. Like that is that shit crazy. Dude, to me. I'm not points gonna lie. Are, if, points if you are were being irrelevant. Carrie Lake, if you were being Carrie Lake about well, this person almost died, and therefore I will use this to my benefit, even though if the situation were reversed, I would not be saying any of this. Like the, I'm not. I'm just gonna blast Craig, whoever your friend was in that other league you had, where they just <laughs> wanted to give digs and all the players. It was Bengals, Alan Burrow zero. and Chase. They wanted to give them all zeros with your (laughs) lawyerly ass answer of like, well, the NFL officially gave them zeros. And so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, can someone almost like died on the field? Like, here's get get a fucking. And you know what? You know what's scary about that hype? You know why I have no faith in in America is we put up a vote. It almost lost. It won by one vote to count the players. Uh, Uh, Let me let me real quick. Here's where I think there is a little bit of gray area and why I said I think it's unique to every league what you decide. Craig, in your situation, in that in that particular scenario, <laughs> the guy, your play, someone someone in your league had two, in a Superflex league, had both his quarterbacks. Both scoring. quarterbacks both and Jamar really Chase, good down quarterbacks. 40. Right. Both really good quarterbacks. Yeah, and another the player. the best in the league right now. So, to me, in that situation, it's clear and obvious you can't call it, you can't call those zeros. That's, that's I just ridiculous. don't see why in any situation it doesn't make sense to just let the players who are supposed to play, play and see what happens. However, I will say, just to finish my thought, like, if it was like one player, like a T. Higgins, for instance, that you have left in your game, and that, like, you you decide that point, that player's just not going to get any points this week, that's the luck, that's like what happened, it's bad luck, but like, T. Higgins two weeks ago had got zero because he got hurt in warmups. Like shit happens. You know what I mean? So like, no. I think there is a gray area here. That's true. Yeah. No, no, I think no, no, there's no, no, a gray no, no, area. 100%. We all sign up for that. That's fine. Like shit happens. Like oh my god, T. No, he had one is... catch for seven yards week eighteen. It they canceled the okay, game. They canceled the game because someone literally had to be resuscitated with like AED on the field. Like to someone me, almost died. This is an act of God. Yeah. Like if if the correct. team plays an entire game saying. and your player can't play for whatever reason, injury, what have you, personal reasons, that's what you sign up for. That's baked in. The team played the game. You need an opportunity yeah. for your players to play in the game. I'm playing devil's advocate. I didn't actually do this in any of my leagues, but I'm just saying this. This happened in a lot of my leagues. I but, in my in my commission leagues, I either split the pot or we moved it to week 18. However, a lot of leagues just canceled that. I feel like I'm game. taking crazy pills. To be no, honest, I feel like I'm taking crazy. You know what? The reason that makes me so mad about this is if people had if the situation reversed, anyone is arguing. Well, they got zeros, and like you know, that's life. If it happened to you and you, your players were happening, there's zero chance people would make that case. And what bothers me is it is a fucking game that you play with your friends. And when someone actually almost dies to not just be a goddamn adult and like metaphor, like if Zach Taylor in real life walked across the field to Sean McDermott and be like, what do we want to do here? The fact that you couldn't do that in your own fantasy league is like pathetic to me. And so <laughs> everyone that actually argued for like zeros so that you could win and you try to use this to your benefit, all I'll remind you is that as we established earlier, God is real. So Craig, you had some very strong disagreements in your league. I, I would say yeah. almost all my leagues were, it was like everyone was like, yeah, let's do that. That's fine. Like no yeah. one really argued that. Adult. It's, it's actually spread. Like I feel like, that's what you should be mad at, that people were like really strongly one way or another. 
Yes. <laughs> In fact, correct. <laughs> I was I was livid to be honest. Craig's I was like, like, what are we? I was like, I, oh am I on God. a TV show right now? Like, how are we not? They're like, I don't know, man. Like, maybe they should just like split the pot or something. I'm like, no, let these players play in the game. And they're like, I don't know, but the week 18 matchup's different than the week 17 matchup. Like that matters. I'm like, no, it doesn't. That is like 58 on the matter of, on, on the Dude. list of things that like affect a matchup. Again, fantasy is like the smallest form of self-government we actually have in actually American true. society. And it's just like you and your 10 and friends. And I now have no faith in government. Yeah. And some people were like, you know what? Let's get along. Like this is healing. And some were like the Brazilian parliament. It's Can just I just like, say that? So we, we went through like a 24-hour battle, right, in this group chat. And then at the very end, I sent what I, I basically told you guys what the situation was. And I stayed impartial. I didn't tell you which side I was leaning to. Danny Kelly responded first and responded, you know, uh, in favor of what I wanted. I sent that screenshot to my group chat. And then like <laughs> half the people were like, okay, I feel better now. <laughs> okay. That makes me feel better. I'm like, God. So in the actual game, if, I, and I, again, the other thing we didn't mention, but it, it's worth saying about that made all this harder is that honestly, the right answer, I think, kept changing Early, in the middle of the week when it, a lot of this didn't become clear. It was like, all right, like, you know, maybe we split the pot, whatever. We won't make a decision that the NFL does. The NFL cancels the game, but it wasn't clear what the motivations would be really till the NFL ended up coming out with like the scenarios. And because if they had just done the winning percentage thing. The Bengals would have won the Ravens game, but then they're like, there's a coin toss, so the Bengals are going to play, and then the Bills. And so it wasn't really clear that, A, the Bills would be up for playing and that the Bengals and Bills would both be motivated. It wasn't extremely clear until later what the stakes of each game were. And so, you, you know, it kind of came down to the wire on, like, Saturday, Sunday, uh, yeah. with that decision. So that made it hard, too. The actual games got played. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs crushed it. Jamar Chase crushed it. Joe Burrow did not have a great fantasy game. Joe Burrow missed by like, I don't know, three yards, like five, <laughs> like like three different touchdowns yeah. that were like 40 yards each. Joe Burrow literally would have had like 140 more yards and three more touchdowns by a combined like four yards of like air. He just missed these passes. Um, and, and so like he would have had a completely different game and so would Higgins and Chase. But like overall, it was like, oh yeah, that's why this was such a big deal. It was like all the players involved in this game were like maybe the best or second best player on everyone's teams. Except for Higgins, who had one catch. Higgins had one catch. But again, he should have had two touchdowns and 60 yards. And Paul ah. missed him twice. It was <laughs> like, it would have been completely different. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, anyway, okay. So all that said, it is honestly fantastic that as awful as what happened to Mar Hamlin was, that was like, you know, almost the worst of football has to offer. And then some of the best of humanity came out afterward. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's great that he's okay. And can't emphasize enough Shame on all you lawyerly people who are trying to argue the zero seat. <laughs> it happened so a lot. I'm telling you. The lowest of the low. So disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, anyway, man. let's get to uh, the losers mm. of week 18. Uh, honestly, so look, the real true loser right now, uh, Cliff Kingsbury got fired from the Cardinals. That happened today. We're recording Monday, January 9th. Um, and then general manager Steve Kime is going to step down. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious what you think here. I mean, I, I have my thoughts, but to just set the table, Cliff Kingsbury now has been a head coach for 10 seasons between Texas Tech and Arizona. He's had a losing season, seven of those 10. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious what your first thought was with Cliff being fired. My first thought is to go look for the tweet from the Cardinals 10 months ago when they re-signed both of these guys to extensions for no apparent reason. Like, it's just such a bizarre like series of events. Like, clearly he was not 
doing a very great job. He, he was definitely not doing a great job. He was arguably not even doing a good job. And then they extended both of these guys, him and Kaim. And then now, less than a year later, they're both fired. Well, Kaim, I guess, is stepping down, but whatever. Fired is probably more accurate. My second reaction was that for Kingsbury, like, probably kind of a relief. <laughs> like, my first, literally, yes! like, the first thing I thought of was, like, it's got to be tough to coach Kymer. Like, the, the relationship is just so strained constantly. They're not on the same page. They're talking, they're, like, basically planting shit in the media, you know, against each other. Like, it's, I don't know. To me, the, it might just be a relief that he got fired. It's like when a man, like, starts dating a woman who already has a kid, and you just, like, don't get along with the kid. You finally break up, you're like, Jesus Christ, this is not to that kid anymore. Dude, that is one hell of an analogy, but yeah. Jeremy Fowler at ESPN uh, had this great uh, report that was, it was, like, a few weeks ago about Cliff Kingsbury. And Cliff Kingsbury actually started a press conference. And someone was like, so, yeah, so you've been a coach for, you know, a minute between Cardinals and Texas Tech. And Cliff Kingsbury cut him off. He's like, it's not been a minute. It's been 10 years. Felt like 100, though. I mean, he looks tired. He's He looks more tired than any other coach. I think being a coach is pretty hard. You know, looking back now, I'm like, yeah. well, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid. These guys are psychopaths. I mean, look what's going on with Tom McGarren. <laughs> we don't know if he's coming back. I, All I these know. young guys are like, man, this is brutal. I was, I was going to do this later, but since you mentioned McVay, I do want to, the idea that McVay's going to step down, I like that Mike Florio apparently clarified that, like, McVay, not because he's burned out. Because they suck. Yeah, it's because they're bad. This is a terrible situation. He doesn't want to hang around. Using the excuse of like, you know, they're they're offering me more money. I'm going to retire. I'm going to spend more time with my family. It literally is like, they suck. And I was like, that's such a millennial thing to do. There is no... Fuck the lemons and bail. I don't buy that, by the way. I I think it's a factor. I don't buy that as the sole reason. I'm not... That's crap. I actually think you're right. It's the rare circumstance where like, you know what no one actually wants is to cite burnout when you're literally the youngest head coach in the NFL. Yeah. Which he still is, by the way. Is he? Damn. Yeah. Yes. He is, 36 years old. He's retiring because he's tired. He doesn't want to coach for like 25 years. That's ne- That was never in his plans. And I think right now, it's been a really... It's, uh, Jordan Rodriguez wrote a good piece about it. I mean, he's had a really kind of crazy last 12 months. I mean, his grandfather yeah. died. He, he got married. His wife is Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl with the come down, they've been terrible this year. The, all the injuries to his team. There's, it's just been like a really hectic month for him, and I think, or a year for him, and I think that he's just reevaluating kind of where he wants to go. Like, I don't think he's just like negotiating to get a bigger deal with Monday Night Football right now. I, I honestly don't believe that's it. I think he's genuinely kind of at a crossroads and understands that there's a lot of people that depend on him with the Rams, and he's an empathetic guy, so I, I, he doesn't want to string that along. I just genuinely think he has a lot on his mind. The reality with McVeigh is that he can literally take five years off reevaluate his life, make twice as much money to do a quarter of the work, like, you know, start a family, do whatever he wants to do, come back, still be relatively young for when people get head coach. He'd be like, like the third youngest head coach, coach in the league in five years. Yes, like that's a serious thing. And so I think that whatever he had done last year, obviously might have been better if he had taken that Amazon job for 20 million a year and not been the coach. But whatever he was going to do, he was going to regret. Like this year, obviously burnout, disaster. If you're taking the money, part of you is always going to wonder, could I? Did I just walk away as a reigning Super Bowl champ at like 35? Like, you know what I mean? You're always going to wonder if you could have made the playoffs and done better. Like, it, whatever you do, there's always the other side. So, all right. Uh, millennial move. Big millennial move. <laughs> the other thing I just want to say about Kingsbury real quick. I couldn't believe the stat I found. So they fired Cliff. Cardinals, sneakily one of the oldest franchises. You think about the Packers, the Bears, the Giants. Cardinals have actually been around for over 100 years. They've never mm-hmm. had a coach for more than six seasons. So I think that's the short answer of what's wrong with the Cardinals is it's the ownership. 
NFL Wild Card Weekend is here, and the easiest way to get into the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the promo code RINGERFANTASY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Giants-Vikings this week. On one hand, Giants, most popular bet of the week. Probably a stay away. On the other hand, the Giants are going to win. So bet on the Giants. Or honestly, just bet the Justin Jefferson over on receiving yards because that is also going to win. $150 in free bets. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel is also now live in Ohio. So make sure to get in on the action with great offers just for you now and throughout January. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with the promo code RINGERFANTASY. It's all one word, RINGERFANTASY. Make every moment more of FanDuel, official sportsbook partner in the NFL. 21 plus in select states, first online bill money major only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non trouble free bets expire 14 days after receipt restrictions apply. See terms at sportbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLERS. Fandle.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, one 800 with Indiana, one 800 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-7-STOP-LOUISIANA-WISIT-WWW.NDGAMBLINGHELP.ORG-MARYLAND. Uh, this was a big topic during the games. People were freaking out, just like panic attacks. Brandon Staley playing his starters into the deep into the fourth quarter in a, in a largely meaningless game for the Chargers. Like they couldn't move their dra- or their uh, playoff position. Obviously, there's this question like, oh, do you want to have guys, you know, come out like whatever flat in the playoffs? Or, I, you know what I mean? There's just a, there's a million narratives that go along with this, but like him playing. In particular, Mike Williams and Eckler in this game, and Keenan Allen, like and Justin Herbert, unforgivable. Like, yeah, and Herbert. I'm what so, are you doing? It makes me so mad. I was, I was <laughs> apoplectic during this game. I, I, I like the Chargers. I root for them, and I'm getting more and more annoyed with Brandon Staley every week. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen have played what, like five games together this year. Like they've been hurt the whole fucking year, the entire what are you year. Doing? Justin Herbert hurt, has like Williams been hurt ribs. his entire career. Sure. Justin Herbert has like eight working ribs. This game means nothing to them. They're playing the Broncos. Bosa finally comes back. He gets banged up. They have to pull him from the game. And we're midway through the third. They're down 10. And Herbert is still playing. They actually even pulled Herbert to bring in Chase Daniel. And Keenan Allen stayed. Keenan Allen scored like fourth. a touchdown in like the last three minutes of the game or something. It was ridiculous. And Mike Williams got hurt as well. So congrats. Mike Williams has back spasms and Joey Bosa's banged up. So they're probably going to lose I, to the Jags now. <laughs> with the idea that there's a caveat, like, I understand the idea, you know, we were texting with Bill about this and just like, you know, teams don't have the main padded practice anymore and teams do want to get contact. And also, let's be real, the Chargers have had a, rep- like, under Staley, they had a reputation for being soft. And so, like, I think that there's probably some mentality. I get all that. I, again, I'm a Giants fan. The Giants literally played a somewhat meaningless Week 17 game against the Patriots instead of won the Super Bowl. I get all that. Having said that, does it apply if your biggest problem is injuries? You know what I mean? Like the Giants are rested their play their third stringers and Kenny Galladay, which is hilarious against the Eagles because they're hurt. And the Chargers, literally the last it's more than five, eight, nine years of Chargers history is almost entirely defined by end of game like boneheaded collapses, collapses and, and losing yeah. weird games and injuries. Every Chargers campaign almost for like eight years has been like derailed or almost derailed by crazy bad injury luck. And I know you can't come into season and like be afraid of shit, but like it, it was kind of, it, you go into the, it, it's kind of like the Chargers Chargers. 
where it's just like, oh yeah, the only team that needs to get healthier. They got themselves a bye week and just didn't use it. They're, they overthought it. Staley's like two in his own head now. I really think that. <laughs> I, I, he's all turned around. He doesn't know which way is up. This team <laughs> is the most cursed team in the league injury-wise. And they're going to play a Jags team that, by the way, delivered them the, their biggest loss of the season. The Jags beat the yeah. Chargers 38-10 to 10, like eight weeks ago. So maybe you'd think, let's get to this game healthy with Mike Williams back and Joey Bosa back. No, no. Yeah. I, guess I just think, look, there, there's always a gray area with this stuff. But to me, it's black and white. Sit Mike Williams. He's been fucking hurt all year long. His whole Sit career. Keenan Allen, he's old and has he's has had hamstring <laughs> issues this year, right? Yes. And then Sit Eckler because he doesn't fucking need like he doesn't need to stay on the top of his. He's not gonna nothing's gonna happen if he misses one game. He'll be fine next week. You know what I mean? Like at least those three guys, and then obviously Herbert. I think you can make, play him for like a quarter or something. I was gonna say the middle ground is if you want guys to mentally stay in the in the prep mindset of prepping for a game and going through the practice, like keep them in rhythm, play him for a couple drives, Paul. Yeah, or honestly, I, I do think you know who logic. crushed it this week, Brian Dable, who didn't even bother playing Tyrod Taylor. He just played and, Davis freaking Webb, and they almost kind of won. It was like nineteen to nine in the fourth. Played better than when they played the fucking starters against the Eagles. <sighs> Incredible. All right, the, but again, the Chargers, Chargers ahead of the playoffs. The other team, the Cowboys, Cowboys right before the playoffs. Time is a flat circle. This game was like shocking. I have a question as a preamble to this. Because I didn't watch this game closely. I was focused on some of the other games. Were the Cowboys trying? That was my impression. Yes. Like, were they actually trying to win this game? Because they had all yes. their starters in. It was yes. just so bizarre. What the fuck happened in this game? So the Cowboys lost 26 to 6. And again, I can't stress this enough. The Cowboys were trying because the Eagles <laughs> lost. The Cowboys, like, sad, you know, the Cowboys had playoff position to, to, to gain. They, with a coach that didn't know they could be eliminated. Like the Washington, Ron Rivera, didn't mm. know they were limited last week. Now Washington's eliminated. Playing Sam Howell. First start. First career start yeah. for Sam Howell. Fifth rounder. 26 to 6. Dak Prescott had very possibly the worst game of his entire career in this game. Probably the worst half of his career in the first half. He, I, 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 there are so many things about this game. The two things I will just harp on. Dak Prescott, I don't know if you guys saw it. Did you see he basically like threw the yes, classic like outbreaking cornerback breaks in a route pick six? He threw that and it got like wiped out with like a penalty or drop, I forget. And then he just, the same thing just happened again. He just did it again. And yeah. Kendall Fuller just pick six him again. And then they also couldn't run the ball. Zeke Elliott had um, 1.3 yards per carry, which I don't even know if that's plural, 1.3. He had 1.3 <laughs> yards per carry. Uh, right. And then Tony, they can't run the ball. Dak is malfunctioning. And then the cow, and now here's the thing it's a flat circle. The first game of the season the Cowboys had, they went to the Bucs, they got smacked by the Bucs. Now they have to go play Tom Brady on the road in the first round of the playoffs. This is crazy. Don't, doesn't it feel like this, this season in the playoffs, like, like how, how many favorites do you actually feel good about in the playoffs right now? Like the Chargers are only getting, are, are laying two and a half versus the Jags. That's a fishy line. Uh, we got this Vikings Giants thing weird line and now we have this <laughs> cowboys bucks game like like i honestly almost feel like the underdogs are gonna win every game in wildcard weekend i mean think about the basics of what you just said as you mentioned the jaguars we know the jaguars are hosting but regardless but like the jaguars oh sorry smacked yes, the, Chargers the underdogs when they played and admittedly though a lot of this was a long time ago but the jags smacked the chargers the bucks smacked the cowboys another september and the giants 
lost to the Vikings, but like literally, what was that 61 yard field goal to beat the Vikings? And like as time expired, like that was a very close game. Yeah. 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 So, like, I mean, all these teams have played each other. And then all these teams have played each other really well. And I will say, there's also a weird amount of divisional games this weekend, which I, I do think are always more unpredictable. Like the Seahawks playing the 49ers. Seahawks 49ers. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like Dolphins, Bills, B- Ravens, Bengals. Yeah. It's a lot going on. So we, we can get to the playoff games at the end. But yeah, I, I, do, should we do like a quick like fraud ranking of the playoff teams? Yeah, like a mini power hour ranking. Craig, you live for this. What? Who are you most excited to bet on? Or well, sorry, the Cowboys, bet against. Right. What a late surge for the Cowboys. You know how like Apollo Ono <laughs> used to always just hang in the back and then like on the last lap, you like, like, and like here six comes guys. Oh no, that's how I thought about the Cowboys this week. It's like, oh my god, the Cowboys are they the most fraudulent team in the league? Uh, I still think we got to give it to the Vikings because their point differential is like eighty-seven, and they're twelve and four. Um, but I think Dallas is right up there with number two now. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, power ranking most fraudulent teams: Vikings one, Cowboys two. Mm. I think I got to give it to the. To the Ravens? I mean, I, maybe they don't even count because Lamar's been hurt for so long, but I, I, I was just nothing. say, are the Ravens frauds if everyone looks at that team as like, they suck? Yeah, that's they what I was going to say. They're, they're, such, yes. they're such frauds that they're not even frauds anymore because everyone thinks they suck. But they they just kind of kept winning. So I, I they like they would just win every game 13 to 10 over the last five weeks. So it's Yeah, like, they'd score like on their final drive. <laughs> um, so I think th- those are my top three fraud rankings. The Giants are not in it. The Giants have expelled themselves from fraud rankings. They are not fraudulent. People know who they are. Like, I'm not going to give it to the Seahawks, Dolphins. Right? Because it's, I don't know if the Seahawks are fraudulent. They went nine and eight. They snuck in. They're just kind of plucky. They're, all, they're, they're like, like a sure, be- we'll go to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. You know. No so I think that's it. Good. I think that's top three. And then look, can we have the reverse fraud ranking, which I don't know what that is, but it's like the like the actual, dark horse like, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the you, teams you don't want to play. Teams right. you don't want to play, but are not going to be favored. It's the Giants. And the Bucks, right, dude? The, no, no. Of Brady. I, I, yeah. I love the Giants, but like, dude, I, I actually think so. The Giants are sixty to one to win the Super Bowl, which I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know you could get sixty to one for a playoff team. Like that has like you better bet that. <laughs> well, I'm, I think I'm going to. You yeah, could, but the the Bucks, you got thirty to one to, on Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. He's in the playoffs, and I, I look at this, and it's like again, <laughs> I'm aware the Bucks are awful. They're not playing well. Tom Brady's in the playoffs. He's literally the, the last person you want to play in the playoffs, period. Like, I don't ever. care what team he's on. And again, I, I the, my favorite <laughs> Tom Brady analogy ever was DK. And he's like, on the he's same Alexander team. I know, he's, he's on, on the same team. It's like the same and we roster. just don't care. We just don't care. And we're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, they're not playing. Dude, how, it literally takes one quarter of the Bucks to figure out their offense for everyone to be like, uh-oh. Like, they just again, stop DK, calling plays and let Brady fucking do it at the line. I know. Then they're good all of a sudden. It's weird. It's crazy. But the the Cowboys have, have two times better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Bucs. That is appalling. <laughs> I, the Cowboys are plus 1,300. The Bucs are plus 2,800. Craig is both appalled right now. and apoplectic in this pod. I love that. I'm dismayed and appalled, <laughs> confounded. Oh, yeah. my God. All right. So the Seahawks have the worst odds. They're 65 to 1. I mean, that's, that's fair. Do we want, wait, Jesse, producer Jesse, you want to hop on real quick and talk about this 49ers Seahawks matchup? Because Jesse yeah. Yeah. produces, he's a 49ers fan. He's wearing the same, honestly, ever since Jesse started wearing this George Kittle hat, George Kittle's straight up in the best tight end. In, in, in oh NFL. my God. I love he's it. Back. What's up, Jesse? How do you feel about this Niners Seahawks matchup? So once Russell Wilson left the Seahawks, I kind of was like, you know what? They're right. I mean, <laughs> 
Uh, I, I was never a fan of the Seahawks when Russell Wilson was there, primarily because he always beat the 49ers and they were so sure. good. And they were they were just like that much better. I mean, it, it made for great games. That the last game of the season was it like a couple years ago where it literally went down to the inch of the end zone where Dre Greenlaw hit. Um, I can't remember who the tight end was. That was it crazy. Made for great games. Yeah, oh that was an gosh. insane. Yeah. It made for insane games. And the games haven't been that much crazier. But I mean, I'm for it. It's it's a little worrisome because it's it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. Yeah, so that, that's, that's such a dig, only though. Gripe. I love that. That's, that's such a back. That's like the only yeah. thing Seahawks fans have going for them right now is that like we were so excited that we got into playoffs. I literally this literally happened to me last night, like texting on my Seahawks chain, and I was super excited to get in the playoffs. And then I realized who we were playing, and I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> Like, you know what's no, funny? I love, Damn it. I love that though. <laughs> Jesse, you're, it's like what DK said. They're plucky. It's like hey, nobody hates the Seahawks. They're like the they're like the side character in a rom com who like gets the <laughs> like the other girl at the end too. You're like, oh cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for them. Well, also, football's such a funny sport where I do actually kind of put credence in like the it's hard to beat a team three times. But only in football, where I'm a Giants fan, and if I'm already looking past the Vikings, the Eagles, and it's like only in football, you're like, well, here's the thing. They already beat us twice. So, you know. I think that we basically the have, have the advantage. They have, they have, they're playing with house money. That's the one thing they have going for them. The, the 49ers are like the scariest team in the NFC, other than the Eagles, obviously. They're not playing this weekend. This, this is the worst case scenario for the Seahawks in terms of like who they're playing because the 49ers are absolutely dominant right now. Um, well, however, like, like Heifetz was saying, like the Seahawks, they don't really have playing with house money. Yeah. No one, no one thinks they're going to win this game. They're, they're down, they're, uh, the 49ers are favored by 10 in the freaking wild card round. Which is kind of wild, um, but yeah, I, I think that's the one thing they do have going for them. The other thing that I think is worth noting here, and this is what I'm hanging, like this is what I'm pinning my hopes to, is the Seahawks actually going back the last ten years have like fucking dominated this matchup. I know that this is a completely different team now this year, but like I'm looking at the matchup here. It was like the 49ers won both games this year that they faced in the division, but then before that, the Seahawks had won like ninety percent of the games going back to 2012. So, for some reason, Pete Carroll kind of has Shanahan's number. That's how the NFC West works. Like, Carroll has Shanahan's number. Uh, McVay has Carroll's number. And Shanahan, I don't know who he's, whose number he's Well, everybody McVay. has Shanahan's number in the playoffs. McVay. Kind of seems, yeah. but yeah. Well, everyone's <laughs> well, calling him because every Bowl, coach is <laughs> work for him. I will say, well, speaking of the night, Jesse, stay on here because you got to get winners of the week. Rock Purdy, dude. Rock Purdy. Yes. Brought the Niners to 6-0. Speaking this of Tom Brady, you want to hear a crazy stat? Brock Purdy, since he came to be a starter week 14, he's first in the NFL in passer rating, passing touchdowns, passing touchdowns per attempt, yards per attempt, and wins. He's first. Wins. God, dude. He's been incredible. That's crazy. And, he, and you know why? Because he innately understands the most important concept in football. Give the ball to George Kittle. Pass to the Italians. It's kicking and screaming. <laughs> Just pass to the Italians. <laughs> that should be the momentum. What a that trick. Holy shit. That was really good. Wait, Jesse, what's your Brock Purdy journey been like as a 49ers fan? I mean, uh, it's... No, it's, wait. Wait, tw- twist the question. How much do you give a shit about Trey Lance anymore? <laughs> you know what? Is he dead to you? One of two things. He's either going to elevate himself and become better than Purdy, or he's going to be one hell of a trade asset. There you go. <laughs> yeah. If Brock Purdy gets to the NFC Championship, they cannot start Trey Lance next year, right? I, it, I mean, no. I mean, I, I'll put it this way. <laughs> it's tough. It's really Just tough. Just to stay it, like with the regular <laughs> season, dude, why is Brock Purdy not the offensive rookie of the year? 
Like, I, I honestly, all these other candidates, I kind of don't want to hear it. The, like, like you're going to tell me Ken Walker, who's like, first of all, he played like 11 games himself. Three of them sucked, so he had eight good games. I, please. So it's basically what, Brock Birdie versus Garrett Wilson? No, like, Garrett Wilson's... Chris Alave? Very... Okay, but like... Yeah, maybe. The yeah. argument for what, Garrett Wilson and Alave is what? They had 1,100 yards and were very fun to watch on a otherworldly, horrible, disgusting passing offense. And they persevered through the muck to still suck and miss the playoffs. And they were just good. Brock Purdy's story, and like, congrats on your 1,100 yards. Brock Purdy's story is like, he literally salvaged a team to make them to win the division and bring them undefeated. And they are now like maybe the, the favorite to win the NFC. This guy is so much more important and better than what anyone else did. Like, Rock Party should be the guy. I don't care. Also, I'm games. positive a Mr. Irrelevant has never won Rookie of the Year. That would be, that would be something. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. I, honestly, Heifetz, I think all the like, arguments that you make are log like, logical and sound. But the one thing I think he has working against him is like the fact that... Everyone's uh, good Shan in Shanahan's right. offense. Shanahan's like done this before and people are like not that excited about it. I still don't really know if I believe it. You know what I mean? Like, he's been incredibly I, I, don't, I don't care. Like oh, I Brock literally don't care about that. You know why? I'm curious what you think. I mean, I'm not saying you need to care. I'm saying that's why he might not win. I can see that. Like that's, that's always been the case. But you know, Nick, Craig mentioned Nick Mullins. When Nick Mullins was a quarterback, you never saw this kind of production. I mean, it's weird because he did see that kind of production from Kittle because that was the year he broke uh, Travis. Him and Travis Kelsey going back and forth with mm -hmm. the yard yardage uh, for a tight end. But it's weird because it's it's like Brock Purdy just isn't afraid to make those throws. And Shanahan actually has confidence in Purdy to be able to make those throws. Well, I don't think he had that ever had that confidence in Nick Mullins or Jimmy G or, or Jimmy even G. Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah he never <laughs> like he. There's something about Brock Purdy that Shanahan clearly trusts. Because he's out here making throws that I haven't seen in years. Like those are the throws that I hope Trey Lance one day makes, and those are the mm -hmm. throws that you never see Jimmy even try because he can't do it. It's either overthrown or it's picked off. Like normally, it's what it is with Jimmy G. But Brock's been doing it, and as long this is all he needs to do. Like all he needs to do is keep the offense rolling, get the ball to your playmakers, let them do the rest. I'm telling and you, it's the best strategy. I think you're totally right. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. The reason that I do think he's rookie of the year, though, is that I understand the argument that Shanahan makes so many quarterbacks good. I get that. But I don't care because that's a question to me for like, should they re-sign Brock Purdy? Should they trade away Trey Lance? Should they pay him? Would Brock Purdy be good on literally any other team? Honestly, probably like I don't think so. Like Brock Purdy would probably be better than Mike White on the Jets. I get that. However, the offensive rookie of the year, where like he play, he did this, like this happened, like, and it's not just the wins, as Craig said, leading and all those statistics, like uh, he did it. Like it's so much harder for job. a quarterback. It's so much harder for a quarterback to do this than like a running back. I, yeah. I actually, you know, I mean, like Kenneth Walker has looked great, but I don't have like a strong opinion that he should be rookie of the year. You know what I mean? Like he's he's fun to watch, but it's so much harder to play quarterback. He didn't have a bad game. He had what? Did he have a what? He had a bad quarter. Yeah. Like I, I so anyway, I really think so. So I'm, I, I agree. I, I think it's probably the right pick too. It's a great story too. Just, like Garrett Wilson for 1,100 yards. Like, like please, like whatever. All right, thank you, Jesse, for hopping on. Well, maybe we should put some stakes on the Seahawks 49ers game. Think of a bet. Emails at reamfantasyfootball@gmail.com. If you have any idea of a bet that Jesse and Deacon should put on. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. 
Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, next award here, DK. The In His Bag Award, which I just realized, I don't even know what In His Bag means. What, what, what are we talking about here? <laughs> what if, we? You wrote that down. I know, but I, I've heard the expression. It, it means like someone's cooking with all the gas, all the ingredients, you know what right. I mean? Like they can pull out anything and make it work right now. <laughs> so, okay. Actually, this wor- that works really well because if you've seen this play, the... The Chiefs essentially did ring around the Rosie in the huddle and like did a big circle thing and then came out. It was like the the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in an actual NFL game. So at the risk of hyperbole, it was like the most disrespectful. Right. They literally did a child <laughs> yes. game for five year olds and then ran out of play <laughs> and scored a touchdown. But it got called back. But yeah. I was watching that play with the with the sound off. So I don't know what the announcers said. So the idea behind it was like to disorient the defense into not knowing who is where, right? Yeah, is that that's the idea. Sure, yeah, and it like didn't really work because like t- <laughs> t- Tony scored in like a very athletic way, but it's not because like defenders didn't know where he was; he just outperformed them. Also, wait, hold on. What the play got called back? Right, it did. Yes. Why did the play get called back? Uh, was it illegal formation? It, no, I think uh, it was <laughs> holding. Who was, was who hold. was the holding on? Oh, I don't know. All right, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony was holding. He brought the play back. Oh, I see. You doing sarcasm. Okay. Yes, oh, I was. But then he scored again. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> I hate that guy. But no, Reed was in his bag. Disrespectful. That, Craig, is this a all, golf term? It's just he could use every club. <laughs> like people DK, say you're like, such a 40-year-old white dad, and I I like to officially congratulate you. Golf. Yeah. People being do a say dad. like, oh, he's got that in his bag for golf. So kind of. It's in his bag. That's the, no, he that's could use not the, where you know, this came from. That is definitely not where the, the phrase iron. came from. That it is correct. It's not where it came from, but I see where I see where your head's at, DK. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Andy Reid in his bag. Term. Did you know you know the term in the bag? Like when you have a game in the bag, do you right. know where that comes from? Uh, traffic animals or something? I don't know. The New York baseball giants back in the day, when they knew they were going to win a game, they would take the ball bag and start walking it off the field, and the, the game would then be in the bag. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah, I love the etymology of slang. It's so good. Yeah. That's actually great. So. I was picturing, I was picturing like a someone trapping animals and putting the animal in the bag. <laughs> it's also <laughs> game in the bag. <laughs> I think this anyway. one, the Andy Reid ring around the rose is more like the stepbrothers, like smell the white dog poop. It's yeah. just mean. <laughs> just, yeah, it was genuinely just. Mean. We have no respect for you. We're going to do this. You know what's <laughs> yeah, funny about Andy Reid is Andy Reid coaches like he's like thirty eight. Like he coaches like we think Brandon Staley should coach and Sean McVay. I think that's not an accident. I think that there's... Inf- like, I like, bet you Andy Reid just, like, watches Stranger Things and Wednesday, too, you know? <laughs> Maybe he's just, like, 26 young at heart. Soul. Young soul. Yeah. Wednesday's great. 
I love Wednesday. And that lead actress is a star. Yeah, she is. Ortega, Jenny Ortega. What are the moments right there? We just both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a golf show. It's a show about golf. Don't worry. I have literally uh, no. You, no you thought. know what you could say? Jenny Ortega is in her bag in Wednesday. Oh, there we go. Full circle. I do want to. I know this stat is both everywhere and also underrated. But Patrick Mahomes being sixteen and zero on the road against the divisional opponents is pretty fucking crazy. Just like, that's insane. An undefeated season uh, on the road against the divisional teams. This is absolutely nuts. Uh, all right, we'll be talking about the Chiefs all month, but eliminated teams. We could do some funerals here. Sorry, Patriots, Craig. Steelers, Packers, all eliminated in somewhat dramatic fashion. Lions too in that in that bunch. Um, Dolphins made the playoffs. Jets are so pathetic. That was such an awful game. I'm curious. You guys want to the, the team? Craig, how did it feel to be depending on Joe Flacco to pull out a win? So miserable. Oh my God. <laughs> fucking miserable. The most helpless feeling. Just, and, and like, it, it was like six to six. I was like, come on. Just, I'm like, you know watching what? an injured dog limping. I'm like, please, just keep. I do respect they just kept throwing to Garrett Wilson over and over and 17 over targets. All yeah. But at least, you know what? The, the Patriots, you know, they ended their season on a flop. The Packers lost to a Lions team that had nothing to play for. At least the Steelers lost with their heads held high. They played well. They won the game. You know, good season. Tomlin, never losing season, still alive. Yeah, that, everyone's like Steelers without dignity. Yeah, yeah. They were two and six. They were two and six, finished nine and eight. It's pretty good. I, I The flip side, uh, the Jets. I didn't realize this, how bad it was. Jets didn't score a touchdown in the last three games. There's only like 20 instances, I think like ever, where in any stretch, not just the end of the season, like any stretch, a team just didn't score a touchdown for like three games in a row. That's like really yeah. hard. Yikes. And as he was just like tweeting like a rant about how deflating it was uh, to be a Jets fan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to power rank the teams we're really excited to not have to watch anymore? Not that they're eliminated. Yeah, yes. yeah. You know what's funny is like a lot of these teams to me are still in the playoffs, but... Like the teams you don't want to watch? <laughs> the teams I don't want to watch are still in the playoffs. But <laughs> the rating the playoffs is... It's like, yeah, it's like the Ravens, Tom Brady, and fucking Justin Herbert. But the Ravens are a re- like a shockingly tough watch right now. But the Patriots, I think, were the least watchable team this season. Every single yeah, yeah. team, I act- I could find something. The Bears got the first pick. They were kind of interesting with fields. The Texans were interesting in like a like an experimental, hypothetical way. The Rams were like, the Rams and Broncos were both like a slow motion car accident you couldn't really look away from. Like it was like a rubbernecking experience. The Patriots were just, I don't know, it felt like sitting through like a lecture hall. <laughs> I think the number one away. team is the, is the Colts. I'm, I'm, Thank God. I'm yeah. really happy that we no longer have to endure that. <laughs> Seriously. I can't agree more with this one. It, they were like by far the worst. They're just a disaster. Didn't feel like an NFL team. Dude, the Texans, <laughs> with Beast basically being we're going to fire Lovey Smith, and Lovey Smith just winning this game and robbing the Texans of the number one pick is incredible. Like, I'm surprised that, like, the Texans GM didn't, like, physically try to, like, restrict his Lovey Smith. <laughs> 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 like, calling like, get him off the field. Fire him now. I could, I bet he was, man. It's just, like, fuming up there. In Talk the about box. in his bag. Lovey Smith, man. Going for two. This is Davis the biggest. Mills. The fourth the and biggest. 20. Middle finger to the team, like I can even imagine. This changes the outcomes or the, like the outlooks for like multiple teams here. The the Bears 
Think about what they could trade that first overall pick for. Like this changes everything. It's so huge. This is like the Jets. The Jets from a few years ago when they that, they won that game and lost out on Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Idiot. It is like that. And then the Bears. It also helps <laughs> the Bears jam out because I never know what they're doing. Idiots. Well, I never know what they're doing. What are the Texans <laughs> doing? Oh my god. It's honestly. Sorry, I, it's what were you gonna say? No, it doesn't matter. And it's it, it's like genuinely stunning. I like it, they can't even. One last fail Lovey Smith properly. doing one last thing for the Bears. You know, it's true. <laughs> also, never mind the Bears traded what is now the thirty second pick in the draft for Chase Claypool, which is incredible, and now no That's one will tough. care because the Bears got the first pick. But uh, also, the fourth and twenty that they converted was like a miracle. I mean, it went through the guy's hands. And dude, shout out Roger Sherman, our ringer coworker who pointed this out. I couldn't believe this when I saw it. The Texans were the only team on the entire season that had two fourth and 10 conversions in the same game. And they did them on the same drive in the fourth quarter of the last <laughs> game of the season to make sure they did not get the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> Holy and shit. What, and the fourth and 20 that they converted was literally the only fourth and 20 or more conversion in the entire NFL all year. That was the Good only God. one. And they did it to make sure that they didn't get the top pick. <laughs> Unreal. Amazing. Bad teams stay bad. Speaking uh, of late losers, I also want to shout out the uh, the Packers for the way Sunday Night Football happened so much. But I also want to shout out Kirby Joseph, the random ass safety on the Lions, who now <laughs> has like as many picks in his career against Rodgers as a rookie as like like Brian Urlacher in his entire career only had three picks. So this guy now is... He had another one that got four. called back. Yeah. Yeah. Loki, if you count that fourth one, which you should, because the penalty had nothing to do with the play, he literally has more picks than anyone on Aaron Rodgers ever. He's played him twice. Every time Rodgers <laughs> threw a pass, is expecting Kirby Joseph to just like teleport into the street. Like he just came out of nowhere on all of them. It's incredible. <laughs> Did you see someone make the joke that Kirby Joseph has been more damaged to Aaron Rodgers than his than Aaron Rodgers' YouTube algorithm? <laughs> Justice Muscata, that's my buddy. Yeah. Such a good tweet. Uh what does this mean? What do, what do we expect of Aaron Rodgers? So there, he he planted the seed. Basically, uh, Jamal Williams went up to him after the game and was like, "Hey, can I have? You, can we do a jersey swap?" And Rodgers was like, "But no, Jameson Williams actually one. wanted." Yes, yeah, Jameson Williams. Yes. Oh, my bad. Okay. And I don't even think it was a swap. I think he just said, "Can I have your jersey?" <laughs> He's <laughs> like, "I don't know." He just knew Rodgers didn't want his. <laughs> also, wait. So many things in this, but also, did you see Jamal Williams' post game interview though? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Jamal He's is classic. easily the best quote. He, yeah. Once Marshawn Lynch retired, Jamal Williams took over as the guy I most want to watch an interview with. Dude, you it's have funny to look it up, though. He, li- he was literally dedicated yeah, he's to his grandfather, really and he's like sobbing. It's the most emotions I've ever seen in 20 seconds. He was like, I'm so, like, my grandfather passed away. Which could be, like, I'm so happy this for him, sobbing. And then he's like, did for him. But don't take these tears as anything. Like, we, we're still dogs. It was like, <laughs> All up wow. in this mug. Yeah, love that. It was incredible. All right. Rodgers, I have been on this drumbeat for a while. I think that Rodgers signed his massive contract extension in March. No one realizes, like, he can be traded. It's not mm-hmm. hard. And, like, it's if Rodgers wants to play, he can play. It's that simple. Like, he's guaranteed sick. He can say whatever he wants about retirement. I think he's going to play. He, if he does not retire, he literally will be giving up $60 million cash for one season. Now, there's salary cap shit, but the salary cap is accounting. It's like your taxes. It's like finesse, whatever. The, ac- the actual deal 
is if he plays football in 2023, he will get $60 million cash to his bank account this year guaranteed. So, like, I kind of think he's going to play. And if he plays... I think he's going to play a few more years, I think. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, this is, I understand this is, if he wants on. to he's playing. retirement. He's, like, he's playing. Do you guys think he looked bad this year? Like, it's kind of like a Brady situation for me where I think he looked fine. His support system was just not that good this year. I agree. I, I still think like he arm is making the same Aaron Rodgers-style throws. Like, he's right. still just, like, threading balls 30 yards down the sideline, like, right in the breadbasket. I think he looks fine. I just, he needs to go to a team with like a good offensive line that's like ready to win. He's not, mm-hmm. that's almost why I don't think he's going to go to the Jets. Heifetz, I know you've been on that. I still yeah, think the Jets the are like too big of a dumpster fire and the coaching and institutional I, I think he, like yes. losering. I don't <laughs> think he's going to the Jets. I, yeah. I don't know where he's going to go, but um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's New York. The problem is they're, the, Jet, the Jets, the argument against the Jets is that their offensive line, like four of their five guys are kind of huge question marks right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I just look at the, Look, basically, it's going to be pretty difficult for them to keep Rodgers. They kind of almost have to punt on Jordan Love and just kind of like write him off uh, if they don't, if they bring Rodgers back. Because I guess the, the point that I would like to make is that because of the way contract works, bringing back Rodgers this year is basically committing them for two seasons. Like that's just the way it works. Because basically, if you pay in $60 million cash this year, it is the only contract, I, I'm going to talk it on my ass a little here, but I'm going to go ahead and say is, not the only, but like this probably maybe the only contract ever in NFL history where the dead cap will go up every year. He's on the team. Like the way dead cap works is it always goes down the longer you wait. Rodgers just goes up. If they get rid of him or trade him or retire him this season, it's 40 million at dead cap. If they wait, it's like 63. And then it's like $75 million. So like if you keep him, you're kind of being like, we'll deal with the dead cap and like he's going to play for them 2023 and 2024 which is why they either, it, it, they're keeping him for two years or they're getting rid of him now. But basically, you might as well get rid of Jordan Love. That's the thing, unless you want to just have Isn't it kind of Rodgers' choice, though? Like, yes. Doesn't he have to sort of request a trade? Uh, how does this even work? I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll get into this in the offseason. If he just shows up, he gets this massive $58 million bonus, and then they have mm-hmm. to keep him. So he doesn't have a choice. So unless they want to pay him $60 million in cash and bench him for Jordan Love, all he has to do is show up and he gets the money. So like it is entirely at his court. And then obviously like no team will trade for Rodgers if they don't, if Rodgers doesn't want to be there. So they'll back channel and be like, do you want to play for us? And so he's completely in control of his destiny. He wants to play the Packers, they got to do it. And if he wants to get traded, they got to do it. But like, I also think Rodgers, if the Packers don't want him and he wants to play, he would like to go find a trade partner. But Craig, who's your ideal for 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 Rodgers, your ideal team here? Because uh, Heifetz, are you still on the Jets thing or do you are you backing off that? I think it makes sense. And like, I agree with Craig, the offensive line is an issue. I think there's two teams that come to mind right now. I think you could go to New Orleans if like Sean Payton comes back, mm-hmm. something like that, or Vegas, right? I think, the, yeah. I think the problem is the teams that make more sense are honestly in the NFC. And I feel like the Packers, their first, their instinct is they would rather go. To, I think they would literally like probably take a hit on the trade itself. Not a big one not a first, but like a fifth or sixth. They'd rather just send them out of the conference. That's why Brett Favre got traded to the Jets. The first one was look at the AFC teams. The only ones in the AFC that make sense to me are, unless two is going to get axed by the Dolphins, like it's the Jets, the Titans, the Raiders. And the Titans are kind of a dumpster fire, so it's like the Raiders or the Jets. And then the NFC, honestly, the team that makes most sense is the 49ers. The Packers are not sending Rodgers to the 49ers. They no. eliminated the Packers what about New four Orleans? times in 10 years. This, well, that's the thing. The Saints makes more sense. To, more likely than the 49ers. 
I just think that I don't know if they want to send Rodgers to the NFC. I do think that if they can avoid that, they would try. Also, those options, if he goes to New Orleans, he's in the same division as Tom Brady. And if he goes to the Raiders, he's back with Devontae Adams. <laughs> I know. The Saints, that's funny too. The Saints gave up their first round pick to the Eagles. So now yep. you have to trade Rodgers and you basically would have to argue like, hey, you have to give us like all your shit because you don't even have a first round pick this year. So think of like all the things they'd have to ask, them, which maybe the Saints would give them because they're crazy. But Right, if anyone's going to do it. <laughs> They'll rummage around in the couch cushions. Uh, when are NFL like teams going to start doing what NBA teams do? And it's like, you can have my 2028 first, my, my 2027 second. Like, when is that going to start getting incorporated? There's a limit on how far in advance you can trade a pick. It's like three years, two years? Yeah, it's like three. You can't dip. You can't, the, teams can't trade their 2030 first round pick, to my knowledge. Oh. Yeah, because the Rams would be doing <laughs> yes. that by now if they <laughs> had the ability. So, all right, enough contract legalese. I do want to mention, because it's Saturday before we get out of here, Dude, the Jaguars-Titans game from Saturday? Oh, my God. Dude, the refereeing decision, the Josh Dobbs fumbles. Like, I, I'm curious what you guys think, but I'm all we're all for expedited replay review and all this stuff, but I have feel like I've never seen a quicker review in my life on a play that literally, like, decided a division title. That Josh Dobbs play, like, the, like <laughs> they, 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 I think they actually took my advice and they only looked at it three times. I think you got to take the good with the bad here, Heifetz. We're all for this rule where things should be fast, things should be quick. Sometimes yeah, but here's what I don't get. Not get it correct. It can know. be fast and correct. You know what I mean? Like what? Did you think it was wrong? Yeah, I didn't think it was wrong. The ball went forward like nine feet, nine yards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching the replay now, and I think I agree with Craig. Like if I was if I was in the moment, it was going. I, but he was going forward. But if you watch, but I think if you put a hundred people in a room, I think you get like sixty forty at best. I also watch it and I'm like, forget the rule, forget the the, the is it in his hand. If you watch that full speed, it's a fumble to me. Like I just watch that. And I'm like, yeah, it's not a throw. It's not an attempt. This is Goodell wanting the Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs, just like he wanted Rodgers last night. Rigged. Rigged. I, you know what the thing with the rigged is that I can't believe. If the Titans won, people like, see, the NFL just doesn't want Jacksonville in the playoffs. Rig doesn't work to me when it's like you could actually say it either side. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was actually going to shout out maybe the Titans as being the team no one wants to watch. Like, that, that's a rough watch, the Titans are. I mean, Josh Dobbs is actually a pretty good story, but this team is not fun to watch. <laughs> The bottom six teams in the league are pretty rough. <laughs> pretty well, rough the quarterbacks this week, David Blau. Can we even name the quarterbacks who played this week? David Blau subbed in for the Cardinals. Sam Ellinger came in. The Davis Webb for the Giants. Oh, wait, who was the other quarterback? It was Nate Peterman and one other uh, for. Oh yeah, for, for the, the Bears. Bears. Who was the third guy? Oh, Tim, Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. <laughs> in the running. What is with what is with all these backup Worst name in the league, Tim. Tim Boyle. Like, David you're, Blau. You're, you're, no matter what, David Blau and Tim Boyle are not going to be successful quarterbacks. I don't care how good they are. <laughs> Dude, Blau's better than Boyle. Yeah, Tim Boyle's bad. Uh, also, while we're talking about all these third stringers, I actually think Kenny Galladay, who the, who's the highest paid player in the Giants, more or less. <laughs> totally redeemed yourself. Playing with the third stringers and getting his first career touchdown as a Giant is somehow more depressing than him missing the entire season to that point because he wasn't good <laughs> enough to play over their right. undrafted free agents and practice squad plays. Like, it was actually more sad to watch Kenny Galladay playing with Davis Webb, who literally, Davis Webb is literally the Giants' third-string quarterback because 
the Bills staff wanted him to teach the offense to the other players and convinced him to be a player instead of taking a, a job as an assistant coach in Buffalo. Like, this is literally a coach throwing him a ball. That's where <laughs> Kenny Galladay's at. Uh, I don't buy that Kenny Galladay's just bad now. There must be more, like, off-field, like, he's not a good locker room guy, doesn't want to participate, is not a good, you know, student of the game, or Dable doesn't like him or something. There's no way that this guy was putting up 1,200 yards a year with Matt Stafford, and now he's just bad. I don't buy it. He kind of has the yips, though. Yeah. Like, every time he gets in, he, like, has an opportunity to make a big play. He's like he the Markel Fultz of wide receivers. It's like he's in his head. He, he's just in he his head. He needs to leave yeah. the Giants. Like, this was too much for him. He yeah, came in with he, a hip injury. Absolutely. And, like, it, it just... It, whatever was physical is now... It would be best for... Like, the way Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony left the Giants, I'm like, I don't wish him well. There's just no way I, I hope bad. Kenny Galladay leaves and does well. <laughs> I hope Kenny Galladay does well somewhere else. Right. Like, right. go to the Chargers or something for, like, $2 million and just go nuts. No. They have the younger Kenny Galladay. They have Mike Williams. He's also a Kenny Galladay. Just the big jump ball guy who's never healthy. They need more deep speed, and Kenny Galladay has that. Let me tell you something about Kenny Galladay's speed. It has been left in 2018. I know. I don't know how much of it there was. To I still Kenny have Galladay, Kenny, That train is... Kenny Galladay is, like, a like what Josh, like a better version of like Josh Gordon, thirty. You know when he was just trying to do jump balls with the Chiefs. Kenny Gallon is like Gordon. like Mo Ali Cox now. <laughs> I still believe I'm buying stock, penny stocks, but I'm buying. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Demar Hamlin released from. The oh hospital. wow, that that's amazing. That's released. Incredible. Wow, a oh week to the day. Yeah. That's in a crazy. Week. Wow, that's so good. That's sick. Wow. All right. Well, that's all. What a perfect cap to the show. Yeah. All right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's just awesome. Uh, email us at gmail.com If you have any thoughts on the show, anything on any of your season. And again, you can donate to, there's a bunch of player charities out there. If you did end up winning your league, obviously, Demar Hamlin, a lot of people ended up donating to that. I'm not going to, I donated some of the toy fund. I'm also donating just like CPR related training courses, I think are also kind of a, a worthy cause. Uh, yeah. So yeah, congrats on everyone. If you won, if you didn't, We'll help you get it next year. We're doing the NFL draft show this offseason every Thursday. So check that out. It's the three of us and Ben Solak. Do we want to go over our playoff schedule here for the playoffs, Craig? Yeah, we'll be coming at you on Mondays. We'll be doing recaps uh, for all the playoff games. We'll be giving out awards, talking about this and that. And then we'll be doing Thursday draft show. So just two shows a week. Um, we're also, we got some in the works with FanDuel. So stick around. We're going to be doing some fun FanDuel contests that people can participate in. Uh, these playoffs with us, you can win some prizes, TBD on those. But yeah, stick around. Boom. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Jesse, for production help. Uh, and I'll say, sincerity, thank you to all the uh, medical people and all the trainers and every all the personnel who actually like saved Demar Hamlin. And honestly, all the other ones who don't have to do that, but are prepared to do that all the time. So shout out everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Yasha Heifetz. Is that how you pronounce it? Wow. Yasha? Yes, Yasha. Yasha? Yasha, the greatest Yasha. violinist ever. Yasha Heifetz. Oh, that's your relative, who right? Who is... I am related to Yasha Heifetz. Tangentially yeah. related to Heifetz, yeah. Yeah, no, I am related to we, Yasha Heifetz. We met a nice gentleman in in LA. Craig, remind me what, what uh, restaurant we were at when we met the guy who knew Yasha Heifetz. Major Domo? No, it was that burger place. Or sandwich place. Oh, yeah. Sandwich The burger place, place we went to after Bill's. Yeah, it was oh, like Cassell's. A, they had like yes, yeah, and the waiter was like, "Oh, that's right." The waiter credit yeah. card back was like, 
are you related to Yasha? I think he owned the place. He was like, are you related to Yasha Heifetz? And I was like, yeah. He was like geeking out. It's like the greatest violinist ever. Russian-born American violinist. So I, I, I will say Yasha, I, he certainly drained the entire gene pool of musical talent. <laughs> I, he got all of it. If, I, I, that was never in the cards for me. Oh, well. <laughs> You're good at fantasy football. He died in Cedar sinai in L.A. So there's another Danny Heifetz who's the drummer for a band called Mr. Bungle. And uh, I've always... <laughs> what? I, yeah. And so uh, I've... I mean, growing up, it's like this weirder picture. I, growing up, like if you Google Danny Heifetz, that was always the guy who came up. And then Mr. Bungle actually came to Los Angeles. And I tried to like talk my way into the backstage. I was just literally just walking by it actually on the way back from Ringer Happy Hour. And I just... Was actually trying to talk my way backstage and be like, I'm showing my idea, like, I'm Danny Heifetz. I'd like to Tom related to the other one. <laughs> but it turned out, then I Googled it and I guess he like left the band 10 years ago. So it didn't work. But yeah, I want to take the other Danny Heifetz. Good try. I'm looking at him right now. Born in New York, just like you. He teaches music in Australia right now. If anyone has any possible way for me to like contact the other Danny Heifetz, please let me know. Email me at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Craig, have you ever met another Craig Horlbeck? No way. Weird, there's about there's one like million thousands. Danny Kellys in the world, so. Your life has been lived a thousand <laughs> times before. Not me. Yeah. I'm sure there's a Craig Quarrel back. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'd be surprised. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>